Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Give Me Attention or Give Me Death. We are day two into the podthon from all of us being asked to stay inside. Um, Now, here's something I realized today. And I guess before I get into anything, I'll tell you what today is going to be. Today is going to be me talking about how to live um, while you're social distancing, how to stay at home all day and not be going insane. Because uh, I don't think people have realized that I've just been home since, like, September. People still ask me, like, where have you been? How you been doing? Where'd you move to? I moved half an hour north. I just had no car, and it was winter, and I had no money for a train. Uh, So then when this whole virus thing happened, and they were like, hey, stay inside, I was like, well, I am prepared for this. Um, But here's the thing. I, I Every now and then I slip into this weird train of thought where I think about the fact that I don't have cable. I don't really watch much of the news and uh I, I i i don't know if i'll know when this is all over like I, part of me is afraid that one day i'm gonna go outside or, or or i won't go outside and i'll get a phone call and someone's gonna be like hey man where where the heck have you been and they're like well aren't we supposed to stay inside from the virus and like oh the virus is taken care of you know after a week but I'll just still be sitting here going insane. I, hope, I mean, essentially, you know, hopefully social media will come to my rescue, as social media always does, always the savior, that's social media. Uh, but I figured while we're all sitting here stuck, uh, I want to try to do as much as possible to distract as many as you as possible. Uh, so I will do my best going forward to not, discuss topics related to uh, the old COVID-19, you know? Uh, Obviously, I'll talk about being stuck in the house, because fuck it, we're all stuck in the house, but let's talk about other fun shit. Uh, Today, I have a few voicemails left from uh, people calling in. We played, I played through a few of them for our Stevens Call episodes, which will be coming up in in the upcoming days. But uh, here's some other ones for you, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. So let's talk about the fact that most of you are probably working from home now. Uh, Working from home is a real weird double-edged sword. I've never totally understood what a double-edged sword meant, but I'm pretty sure what it means is that you're also holding the sword. And if that's not what it means, I don't give a shit. Working at home is like you're holding the knife that's cutting the best bread you'll ever eat. Because uh, you're going to cut your fingers pretty good until you learn how to hold that knife. And when you learn to hold that knife and you just got that fucking bread, well, that bread is good. Uh, so let me tell you a few tips and tricks I've learned. Because also, yeah, I deal with depression. And uh, if you don't believe me, then let me use this as an opportunity to plug Give me attention on Patreon.com. Go to Patreon.com slash Give Me Attention and follow my ongoing daily podcasts where I watch The Cat in the Hat every day for a year. 
Uh, and a lot of people have asked me what's going to happen when the year is up. There is going to be a continuation of my daily Patreon. It will be a different subject. It will not be the cat in the hat. I will not tell you what it is until the year is up. But if you go there, you can watch me get depressed, get happy, get weird, uh, get busy, get slow. Uh, but So I've, I've dealt with, with my fair share of depression and having to work from home. And it is very easy, uh, especially where you're like me and you may not live alone. You might live with your mother. And you just have a desk next to your twin bed. And that's where you go from office to home. A uh, couple of things. First of all, uh, studies. there's been a lot of studies on it and saying that uh, making your bed is one of the best ways to start your day. And uh, one of the articles I read about this, it, uh, it made a lot of sense when they put it like this. It's that uh, it is the first thing you do in the day. And what you're doing is you're setting a task and completing it. And, you know, it seems pretty like a pretty big stretch to call making your bed a task, you know, because if you don't sleep like a crazy person, you essentially just, you know, tighten up and fold up the sheets and then flatten it out. But, you know, that is you saying, I'm going to do this. And then you do this. And now you've done something. You've done something already. You all you've done so far is gotten out of bed and then made it. But you've you've done something now. You've set your mind to a task and you've accomplished it. Uh, and on top of that, it is now a signal to your brain that that time for that bed is over, and now your day has begun. And it's important, most of these you know, tips are all about tricking your brain into knowing that you are not at home, you are now at work, even though it's the same building. Um, so what I like to do is I wake up, I brush my teeth, I take a shower, I get dressed, and then I bring my computer downstairs and I work from the kitchen. I don't work from my desk for the first few hours in the morning because I need that change of scenery. Um, I need to go to a different room to be able to do this. And that's something I learned about myself from months of trial and error. But I highly suggest that where you just got to let yourself change scenes, change where you are so you don't feel so stuck in that same place. Uh, I change seats even. So like I wake up, you know, I take a shower, brush my teeth, I get dressed, I bring my shit downstairs to the kitchen and I tell myself you have, uh, you have 44 minutes. So it's, you know, two episodes of the Simpsons essentially is what I do. And I get up, you know, I'm in the kitchen, put on the Simpsons, I make a breakfast, I have my coffee, I sit there and I take my time in the morning to wake up and enjoy the fact that, okay, I have 44 minutes to do whatever the fuck I feel like doing. And you know what? Maybe if you're not so lazy and you have a real job, do 22 minutes so you don't take up a fucking hour. I got jack shit to do. I'm a podcaster and comedian, so I don't have a real job. You know, that's why I work from home at my mom's because it just doesn't matter. Uh, but I, you know, but the point is you set that time to be your morning ritual. And if you don't need to adhere to the schedule of getting out the door and getting into work, then you have that time to make your morning schedule and your morning routine exactly what makes you comfortable. Because if you can, A, start with setting a task and completing it, and then B, have your nice morning routine, now you are ready to go accomplish something. Uh, so after I eat breakfast, I, and I'm not shitting you, I do this, I change angles, I, I change where I'm sitting at the kitchen table so I can look out a different window, 
and I decide what I'm, you know, what am I going to do today? Uh, usually it's, you know, editing or I sit down and I write for an hour or two, but I just, you know, I get to work straight through. And if I can work for three, four hours, perfect. Uh, I try to hit eat lunch at about the same time every day. It's just, you know, give yourself that routine. Ignore the fact that you're home and think about what you need to be doing and not where you're doing it. Uh, but I, you know, I like to take lunch at, you know, 1 p.m. every day. And a lunch, I give myself 22 minutes. Short in the morning, I don't need much of a break, but I need this little bit of a break. And I put on another episode of The Simpsons. Uh, TV is just a great way to time things. And stuff like The Simpsons where there's no cliffhangers, there's nothing to bring you back to the next piece that you need, it's nice. This is a nice break. It's not like right now, while I record this, I'm also watching the 1999 Royal Rumble, which is a great Royal Rumble for the record. Austin comes in at one, McMahon comes in at two. It's fucking great. Wrestling's another great thing to watch because you can do, go on the network and just search for a match, and then you just watch a match. You know, uh, but it's all about you know balancing that work and pleasure. You're at home, enjoy it, enjoy this relaxation. But you know, get dressed in the morning, make your bed, eat breakfast, go to, go through your routines uh, to change because it's all about mental space. Uh, and then usually after lunch, I go back up to my room and I open up my window in my room and sit on my desk and finish up work there. Usually about, you know, six o'clock, my family gets home, I hang out with them. And then uh, I spend the night and now the nighttime is mine because I've worked all my work during the day. And then at nighttime, I get to kind of fuck off and I do. Wow. Billy, Billy Gunn's leg looks fucked up. It does not look totally like a mark. Uh But who knows? Man, wrestling's sick. Uh, but then at night, you know, I have time to kind of fuck off more and do my own stupid projects that I want to be doing. You know, like I like to sit down and write songs, you know, or, you know, play piano. Uh, but I can, I feel comfortable doing that because all my shit's done. Uh, so, like, for example, right now it is 1.30 in the afternoon, okay? I made my, I, I dropped off my brother. I worked in the morning. All right, I got up, I edited two podcast episodes, and then I drove my brother to work. I took myself for a little ride, and I made myself tacos. And then I came up and I ate them while I watched the beginning of the Royal Rumble. And now it's about 1.30. Uh, well, when I started, this was about 1.30. And now I'm going back to work on this until I have to go pick up my brother. So this is me post-lunch doing my work. And also, you know... Who's to say you shouldn't be smoking weed this entire time? Who's to say I'm not? Uh, but that's kind of my, I guess, my tips and tricks to living a, a healthy life. Just, you know, don't think about where you are and think about what you're doing. Uh, the The mind is a, is a wild, wild thing, and it is far surpassed the power of your eyes. So don't let your eyes lead your mind. Let your mind lead your body, okay? Uh, that's just, that's really what, what you want to be doing. Uh, you know, for example, if you're going to be stuck in the house for an indefinite amount, of, indefinite amount of time, set yourself to an insane task that you don't totally want to complete, like a podcast every day. Hmm. Uh, anyways, so let's get through some of these caller questions. 
this first question comes from uh, Tim in Minnesota, which, uh, you know, not to blow up his spot, but Tim runs one of my personal favorite podcasts, Crackpot. Uh, if you enjoy conspiracy theories, listen to Crackpot. It's a, a a great show, and there's not sometimes they're up their own their own bums a little bit. I want to keep this clean in case because uh, I know what this message is about, and I, I if anyone decides to show anyone this clip, I don't want any cursing. So. Uh, but sometimes conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory podcasts are a little up their own bum, and Crackpot is not. It's a very fun conversation between two pretty cool dudes. Uh, now I've just ranted for a while about Tim. So anyways, let's hear what Tim's message has to say. Alan, hey man, this is Tim from Minneapolis, day two of uh, work from home, school from home quarantine. Saw the message that we should be calling in asking questions. My daughter's question is, why did you choose the cat in the hat? When she asked me, I didn't have a good answer, man. Also, I wanted to say that our favorite part of the movie is when um, Mr. Humberflug says, you're fired, 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 fired. She's laughing. She doesn't want to talk. <laughs> but uh, that that's our favorite part. So we also want to know what your favorite part is. All right, later. Tim, thank you for calling in. And uh, hey, listen, before I do the, before I answer his question, let me just say, if you'd like to call in and leave a message, I'm leaving this line open. Uh, it is just the dead and mellow phone number, so it is just a business phone. Uh, so you know, you could add an apology to Matt Minigill because this is also attached to his cell phone and it's blowing him up. But uh, he agreed to it beforehand, so. Uh, if you want to call in, ask a question, 978-769-2051. That's 978-769-2051. Uh, so Tim asked why I chose the cat in the hat. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a really kind of weird, I don't know, I've never really figured out how to answer this question in a timely manner, so let's see if I get any better at it. Uh, he is, of course, referencing the patreon.com slash attention slash, where I am watching The Cat in the Hat every day for a year. Uh, today, I believe, is 183, or 184, so I just passed the halfway mark. Uh, I chose The Cat in the Hat because I knew... It was a nightmarish movie for the people that worked on it. Um, I had heard tales of Mike Myers hating it, Mike Myers trying to get out of it, Mike Myers getting sued, being forced to stay in it. Um, and I wanted to do a. I, I like the stamina thing. I like you know, I like to see what I can take. I like to see what happens to your brain if you do X, Y, and Z. I did twenty four hours of conspiracy theories, and. I, at one point, I believed Richard Nixon faked the moon landing. I believed that. I believed that fully. And I had a panic attack that I had to get talked down from because my entire life, I felt like, was a lie. That happened. That would not have happened if I wasn't up, if it wasn't four in the morning, you know? Uh, I enjoy that comedy. I <clears throat> I watched every Police Academy movie in a row. You know, I've, I've done these things, and, and, and people have done better things than that. And I wanted to see what happens if I watch the same movie every day for a year straight. What happens to my brain? And I figured, what is the most 
like sense what's what's the most like sensory attack kind of movie what is just bright what is loud what is dumb uh what is silly you know what isn't heavy what is just nonsense and uh after what was on as some some careful deliberation it ended up on the cat in the hat it was almost master of disguise it was almost dude where's my car it was almost citizen kane uh, because that is, in my opinion, the greatest movie ever made. Uh, it was almost a lot of movies, but The Cat in the Hat had that story behind it of people didn't like it doing it, people hated it when it came out. And uh, over the spring, I watched it every day for like two weeks to see, you know, how does this feel? And it felt bad, and I was like, let's do this for a year. Um, that being said, I do have some favorite parts of the movie, Uh there, so there's some weird parts though, like I love when it cuts to Larry and he sings, "I'm sending Conrad away." Oh, oh, I can't believe you want your wisdom, my taco. Like that's funny. The dog, that's just you know, that's just a great Alec Baldwin moment. Um, of course, the other favorite part is uh, the house was alive. The wall was made of paper, I fell off the cliff, and the giant cat, the giant cat. Like, that's just good Alec Baldwin performances. I think those are really just my favorite parts, the good Alec Baldwin performances. Although, that flashback of Humberflube going, fired, 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 fired. Like, that's a classic. Um, But I do think... As an overall scene, like those are my favorite moments as someone that's watched it almost 200 times in a row. Those are my moments. Uh, but as a scene overall, the Cupcake Inator, 100% all the way. Uh, so thank you, Tim, and uh, your daughter for calling in and for watching The Cat in the Hat and being uh, such fun parts of The Cat in the Hat Patreon. Let's go to a- another voicemail. Uh, this one is from Josh Pick. Hi, this is Josh Pick. I'd like a podcast about how Kobe Bryant, uh, his helicopter was, was, was shot down because he uh, helped try to create the coronavirus. Thank you. Uh. Uh, okay. Well... I am not going to do an episode on Kobe Bryant's helicopter crash. Uh, That's not really what I like to do. Uh, What I will do is talk about what's happening right now in the 99 Royal Rumble uh, for a little while instead. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was entrant number one. Uh, Vince McMahon was entering number two. Vince McMahon ran to the back of the arena into a bathroom. Stone Cold followed him. It was a trap. The corporation jumped Stone Cold. He was taken out in an ambulance. He has recently returned to the Rumble at some point of this podcast recording. And uh, he is now fighting again. In the ring right now, we have Triple H uh, in DX, 99 Triple H. So before he was, you know, the game and was really nuts. He's wearing pretty lackluster pants. Uh, the way he used to. We got Test. We've got Jeff Jarrett. We got Big Boss. Man. We got Val Venus. We got Mark Henry. Pre-sexual chocolate. Post Nation of Domination. But uh, 
It looks like he's still wearing the nation stuff. And here comes D'Lo Brown, a guy I've always fucking hated. I've never, I've never, God, I hate D'Lo Brown. Just looking at him, he just looks like such an asshole. But good Lord, Tori Wilson's behind him and you can see her nipples through her shirt. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry I went, I, but that was shocking. You could just see him. That was fucking crazy. God, wrestling's nuts. Wrestling is fucking crazy. Uh, all right, what else is happening? Oh, yeah, Stone Cold better get D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown just sucked. Whoa. Boss Man just whipped X-Pac over there. Big Man is at the announcing table with everyone else. Uh, I really wish I stuck with what I wanted to do as a child, which was wrestling. I feel like I could have been very good at this. And maybe I fucked up. You know, I think about that a lot. And maybe I fucked up. I didn't try hard enough, young enough, and now I'm just kind of here. I'm 30 and I'm just here. There's still like a ways to go, and you know, it's it's not too late, but it's too late for some things. And that's a weird feeling. It's 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 weird to know that I've done things in my life that uh, are make me where I am now and make me so I'll never be somewhere else, most likely. Like, I got, you know, I'll never be a wrestler. I fucked up my legs and my back, and I, I'll never be, you know, I'll never do this. And and also, like, what, am I going to, you know, start a wrestling career at 30? Let's just let's listen to another voicemail here. Uh, this one... Uh, I was from a name. They didn't leave a name. So this, you know, let's see where this one goes. Okay, I guess that's um, what I get for putting my phone number on the internet. That's fun. Um, I don't know if that was a werewolf or a dying child without a mouth or what. But it got me to smoke some weed while I listened to it, so... I was going to cut it and not have the whole thing in here, but you know what? If I had to hear it, you should have to hear it too, you know what I mean? 
You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, so, I don't know, I can talk about the Royal Rumble a little bit more. You know, don't go crazy during all this. Don't panic. Panicking's never helped a situation. Just keep on rolling, you know? Just keep on going with it. You know, watching D'Lo and Steve Austin wrestle, it looks like D'Lo is a good communicator and in-ring performer. But still, he just looks so goddamn obnoxious. He's always doing that fucking head tilt that just makes me want to hit him. I don't know. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look up D'Lo Brown Wrestler and uh, you tell me if he seems annoying. Uh, I got one more question to go through. Let's go through this question. Uh, Here we go. This one's from Nolan all the way down in Iowa. Hey, Alan. This is your old buddy, Nolan. Just calling to ask you a question. So I was actually wondering, since I haven't talked to you about it much, I wanted to know, one, what is your favorite moment of The Wire? Nobody else has watched it, Alan. You're the only guy that I can talk to about this. What was your favorite moment of The Wire? Um, Me personally, man, when they were, uh, spoiler alert for the viewers, when they were... uh trying to pin the stuff on Marlo in season five, what I thought was going to happen was that they were going to make they make it look like Marlo was responsible for the homeless murders. And I got myself all psyched up, but they went in a different direction, obviously. But anyway, second question, Alan, when are you coming back to Sioux City? You need to come back immediately. I would love to see another show. But, you know, thanks for taking my long rambling question. I hope you and your associate have a have a good time discussing it. Bye-bye, Alan. Nolan, I fucking love you, brother. Uh man. Uh so I met Nolan on uh this last uh tour Matt and I went on where we did uh the Midwest as a very sad man. And what led us to Iowa was just a wild set of circumstances. There was a, I went to Snow Jam Comedy Festival in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, at what is now Boss's Comedy, run by some great comics, Nathan Holtz um, and Dan Bublitz and Luke Johnson and uh, Timmy Williams and the whole a good group of people working on it behind the scenes. Uh, but I met this guy, Brit, Britton Hackey, who is uh, an, inc- an incredible photographer. Look up Britton Hackey Photography, B-R-I-T-T-O-N-H-A-C-K-E. Uh, it is some amazing photography, and he's a great dude. We've been in touch for a few years. We've known each other. And when I was going around, I knew I was coming back. I asked Britt, I said, hey, I have this this act, a very sad man, and I would love nothing more than to do a photo shoot with you. I will, you know, whatever your rate is, I'll, I'll, I'll do it because he's just, he's an amazing photographer. And I was like, I just know that you are going to understand this act and understand uh, a great, I, and, and just come up with a great idea for this. And I sent him our act, and within a minute, he responds with, what if we did Pantera's vulgar display of power, but instead of me punching you in the face, someone slaps you in the face with a fish? And I was like, damn, dude, you are, it was, it was just a perfect idea. And we're driving out, we're trying to figure out what's a good location, where could we go, 
What should we be doing for this? And he says, well, what if we just put on a show? Would you want to do a show while you're in town? And I was like, well, of course I I would want to do a show, but I just don't know anyone around Iowa. And he put us in touch with uh, Greg, who I'm so sorry, Greg, I forget your full last name. Uh, But uh, Dragon Mouth is the venue. You can look it up online. Dragon Mouth, it's this great underground venue. It felt like Alston, thousands of miles from home. It felt like Alston. It was beautiful. It was it was it was a, a wonderful respite on tour. There's two moments on tour where I felt like this is home. One was Dragon Mouth, and the other one was playing someone's Super Nintendo because that's my like that's my um, fucking you know Inception dreidel is uh, Super Nintendo, and. Uh, but that show in Iowa, I was like, this feels this this feels like fucking home. And uh, Britt put got the show together for me uh, with Dragonmouth and Greg and Nolan came out to that show, and I slapped that dude in the face with a fish. We had a couple of good talks, and uh, you know, obviously he called in. And we we chat, and one of the things we both love is the fucking wire. Uh, so Nolan, after that long ramble, I I think. I, I don't know what my favorite part of The Wire is. There's a couple of times. It's probably when um, when Prez goes to become a teacher and the teacher and, and all... When he goes to, the, to become a teacher to get away from everything and the school system slowly... And also, Nolan did a great job at, at, at giving a heads up, so I'll give you a heads up too. Spoiler alerts coming up more for The Wire. Spoiler alerts. Uh, but when Prez goes to be a teacher to get away from all the shit and it's just all about the numbers with the students and just that expansion of the idea that there is no justice, there is no, you know, there is no law. There are just the numbers, you know, there are there's just the results that someone's looking for. And I thought that was a really incredible way to to expand it out to. It's not just about crimes. It's not about. It's not just drugs and cops doing this. It's why what schools are run on. Um, and then you know for season and they just so like that plot point of season four and then in season five when they bring through uh the newspapers and how the newspapers all about the numbers and the news whatever gets reported is all about the numbers and it was just that. That staircase of just how fucked up is this going to get that and it just never stops, I thought was incredible and in why the wire is one of the best shows. Uh nothing Nolan said nor I said really fucks up anything for the wire for you. Uh so I highly suggest you watch it. I will say what I'm gonna say next will fuck up the wire for you, and I'll try to get this done in thirty seconds. So hit that thirty second button ahead if you don't want me to ruin this. When I say go, Nolan, my favorite part, favorite scene. Okay, go. Favorite scene is when uh, fucking Sabaka is walking to the Greek or he's going to meet the Greek underneath the bridge. And there's that fucking montage and he's driving. And it's just, it's just, it's so intense. There's been so much shit. And then second favorite scene, same season. I love season two at the end when the Greek says, everyone thinks I'm Greek. And the guy's like, they think my name's this. And you realize the whole thing's been a fucking lie. God damn. God damn. Is that a great part? I'm not going to spoil anything else, but I will say it just like a few more times. God damn. Those two scenes. 
It's in season two. It's the fucking shit. People don't like season two because it takes a weird left turn and changes what the kind of show is about. But I promise if you're watching it, you will love it. Just let all the new characters of season two happen. It ties back in. And when it goes back into it, my God, you just want to fucking kiss your fingertips like an Italian chef and just, oh, it's such a good show. Just watch The Wire. If you're stuck inside, watch The Wire. That's what we should all be doing. We should all be watching The Wire. And uh, we should also be watching this where the McMahons and Briscoe and, uh, geez, I forget, it's Gerald, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe all fucking drinking beers. These guys are so fucking funny. Yeah, The Wire is the the shit. And speaking of how it's all about the numbers, man, one of my biggest heroes in life, uh, one of Mick Foley for sure probably is, but then uh, Vince McMahon. Man, dude, this guy had this family company, and he is a ruthless, ruthless businessman. And he went head-to-head with WCW, and they just, just drove full steam, and he fucking, like, you know, what, I can't let my company go under, what am I going to do, I'm this fucking businessman, that dude just gets jacked up beyond all belief, and just becomes a wrestler, this guy is a business owner, and he just became a wrestler for a couple of years, he got fucked up too, like, I mean, you watch his matches, that guy just took bumps, that guy got bloody, that guy got fucked, to save his company, the guy was never, never supposed to do that, He's never supposed to do that, but he fucking did. And it's, it's so goddamn sick, man. Uh, and Nolan, I will be back this year. I promise. Uh, I won't say when, cause I'm not sure when, I don't know how, hopefully with Matt, maybe not with Matt. We don't know. Uh, not that Matt and I are, are breaking up, but you know, we're two people with two different lives and we have an act together and we have acts apart. So but, uh, I mean, it will be with Matt. Fuck it. Well, who am I talking about? Uh, yeah, we'll be back, dude. We'll be back, I would say, by October. Because if I'm not back by October, I'll fucking lose it. Um, yeah. So, I guess that's our first mailbag episode. If you have... Any questions, comments, you know, whatever you'd like, you can find me at 10 Gallon Mr. Allen or, you know, Alan Richardson, obviously, is my name, which I assume you know. You can email me at, uh, oh, geez, I really don't want to, uh, info at deadandmellow.com. <laughs> don't, I'm not giving you my personal email. Sorry. I should make an email for this, I guess. Uh, you know, maybe I'll just do that soon. Fuck it. But, um, or just give us a call, because I would love to play more of these voicemails. They're funny. Make them goofy. Make them weird. You know, do whatever you like. Do what Josh did and say something strange. Do what uh, that other mysterious caller did and make noises like you're changing to a werewolf. Ask me a question that's going to make me go on in a crazy rant like Nolan, which I fucking love, dude. Ask me questions about The Wire all you'd like. I love The Wire. And I'm I'm still in the middle of rewatching it. Uh, but give me a call. 978 769 two zero five one and uh leave a message and fucking there we go uh i will talk to you all tomorrow hope you have a great day i love you stay safe and stay safe